eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Lutz from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! And welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. This is a special NFL schedule release episode. We are live on YouTube and Facebook. Check us out over at WWL Sports on YouTube over on Facebook, or subscribe wherever you get your podcast because that's what we really like. I'm Jeff Nowak. I'm your solo host for the evening, and we're going to be going through the 17 games that were announced today. We knew the opponents. That's always kind of the interesting thing is we know the opponents going in. It's just a question of how they kind of shake out where the games are sometimes, which we did learn the international schedule, and I want to get into that first before we break down the games. I'm going to go through my game-by-game predictions, and I'm going to kind of break it up into into segments of six, including the bye week, right? So weeks one through six, weeks seven through 12, weeks 13 through 18. But first, the international schedule, which was announced on Wednesday, did not include the Saints, despite some reporting that was aggregated and talked about on this podcast from a German newspaper that falsely reported that the Saints would be facing the Patriots in Germany. And that's why I couched it with, you know, we never know, because I think to some extent they were in consideration for that spot. Dennis Allen went on the Rich Eisen show yesterday and indicated that he did not think they were in the running for the Germany game uh, but he he didn't even know. The teams don't get the schedule until the schedule release day. And how it actually works is they have a representative who gets a call. 
and they write down the schedule by hand. So when you're getting leaks, in a lot of instances, they're not coming from the teams. Um, but that is part of the reason, like the schedule was very late to come out today and they were very secretive about it um, in terms of we didn't really get the full schedule leaked for the Saints. Only a handful of teams, I think, had all of those games and the NFL wants it that way and they got it that way. But we're going to go through it. I've been able to break down, you know, what what I think about this schedule over the last couple hours. So we're going to get into a lot of that. But first, if you were wondering whether the coaches and the teams want to play in these international games, or at least the Saints, um, I think this answer from Dennis Allen on the Rich Eisen Show is pretty telling that uh, the team would much prefer to not have to use those passports. Look, there's a lot of nasty rumors out there that we were going to be going to Germany this year, and mm-hmm. and uh, that was the, you know, we 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 were kind of under the impression that we weren't, and, but yet until you actually see it and it comes out, it came out today, obviously. So so now we know we're not going to Germany. So that was uh, a little bit of a relief because it is it is obviously a European trip is significant. Is what you're saying, Coach? Yeah. Look, it's it's you know last year was interesting because. Um, you know, we were the home team, so we knew we were going to London. Uh, we knew that the game was going to be in week four or five. Um, look, I felt like, um, man, that's that's early to have a bye week. Um, and so you kind of get, you know, there's a few options you get. You know, you, you get a chance to say, well, we don't want to play this team over there. You know, um, we get an option to choose whether or not we want our bye after that game or, or – or, you know, want to take the bye later in the in the season, and you know, knowing that we were going to be over there in week four, we 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 decided, well, look, let, let's don't take the bye. I don't really want the bye after week four. Um, I'd rather it be somewhere later in the season. Um, and and then when we get the schedule, the the buys in week fourteen, it's just flip flops. So mm. it was like ah, God. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, that's it's look, it's it's. I think it's good for the NFL in terms of expanding the brand. Yes, uh, I do think it's difficult on 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 the teams, not just the players, but um, coaches, staff, the equipment uh, guys, the video guys, everybody that's got to worry about all the logistics of the travel uh, that's involved in that. It, it's pretty significant. Yeah, so I think the words you're listening to there and getting the clear indicator is. They feel it is a relief to not have to worry about that throughout the course of a season. And it's really not that complicated why that is. It is such a big undertaking. The NFL wants it, so the NFL is going to get it. They're going to make money on it. But it is a disadvantage if you are a team going to London, going to Germany. The Jaguars always go to the designated home team. I think, you know, if any team gets relocated there, eventually it's going to be the Jaguars, right? But, you know... The Saints don't want to have to deal with that. Last year, you know, he talked about they ended up with a week 14 bye because they didn't want to take a week five bye. Well, you know, I think if you, you know, all things being equal, you would have preferred the week five bye, knowing that going 14 weeks without a bye week is rough. This year, they got a week 11 bye. So that's kind of splitting the difference. But all right, let's go. Let's go into the first six games here. And one of the things that is notable about the Saints not getting that Germany game is that game that they were reported to be playing would have been against the Patriots. Well, since that game was not in Germany, there was the potential for that to be a cold weather game. That will not be the case. Let's read through it. Week one, 
versus the Titans. Week two at the Panthers. Week three at Packers. Week four against the Bucks at the Superdome. Week five on the road against the Patriots. Week six on the road against the Texans. Week seven, Thursday night football, home against the Jaguars. Week eight on the road against the Colts. Week nine at home against the Bears. Week 10 on the road against the Vikings. A week 11 bye. Then week 12 on the road against the Falcons. Week 13, 14, and 15 all at home. You have the Lions, then the Panthers, then the Giants. And then week 16, week 17 at home, at the Rams, at the Bucks, And then the final game is at home against the Falcons. And you look at that and you say, okay, four of your final six games at home, four of your first six games on the road, you got to figure it out. And you got to find ways to win those games early. As Demetrius James here points out, no cold weather games. So you have the Packers in week three. That was one of your games that could have potentially been a cold weather game had it come at the end of your schedule. That is not the case. Week five at the Patriots. Again, not going to be a cold weather game. It'll be colder than it is in New Orleans, but it'll probably be a nice, pleasant temperature in week five, you know, October 1st when the Saints get out there. So that is an advantage. And so after going through that, let me just flash up my game-by-game predictions for the Saints this season. All right. So as you can see, I've had some time to go through this. I've been looking at the schedule for about two hours, right? Kind of going through it. We got some of the leaks earlier in the day, but a majority of the games didn't come through until the end. I have a post up on WWL.com. If you want to read it, you want to follow along, go check it out. It is just game-by-game predictions starting with week one, and it's going to be the Titans- at the Saints. So this is an interesting game to me in the sense that you rebuilt the interior of your defensive line and you do not have much time to uh, acclimate to that new group before you have to deal with probably the most difficult challenge in the NFL when it comes to running the football. And that is Derrick Henry. And so, yeah, Nathan Shepard, Colin Saunders, Brian Brzee, what do you got? Derrick Henry is going to be trying to plow himself down your throat from week one I think they're gonna hold up well I think this game it's the first game of the Derek Carr era it's gonna be hot in the Superdome everyone's gonna be into it I think the energy there is gonna be tough to match from the Titans you also have Tajay Spears on that side of the ball I don't know how much action he'll get in his rookie debut but it is kind of fun to see Tajay Spears making his NFL debut at the Superdome obviously start at Tulane a lot of people would have liked to see the Saints draft Tajay Spears they did not do it and he's going to get a chance to exact some revenge early on in his career he did want to come here he's a New Orleans kid he loved Reggie Bush he grew up idolizing Reggie Bush so that'll be interesting to see I do have the Saints winning this game 21 to 20 I think it's going to be close one of the key questions that we just don't have an answer to right now, do you have Alvin Kamara for this game? When he gets suspended is such an important part of this equation, and we just don't know. Is it going to be the first six weeks? Is it going to be the middle six weeks? Is it going to come in week four? And then just kind of just kind of muddle up the middle of the season? I don't know. I am expecting him to be out weeks one through six. It's still tough. I think the Saints find a way in this game to get it done. They've struggled early in seasons prior to this, and I just, I'm just not sure. Moving forward, so they're going to start. I have them starting 1-0. Moving forward, week two, Monday Night Football, so you have an extra day to kind of get sorted out here. And then you face the Panthers. 
Now, again, and, and this is going to be a theme over the first half of this schedule, there's so many questions about who you might end up facing in these matchups. Is it Bryce Young, right? Do the Panthers feel comfortable enough to throw Bryce Young in there in week two, or is it still Andy Dalton? And either way, it's going to be a fascinating matchup for the Saints, but it's one that I think they're going to win, A, because I just don't think Andy Dalton has enough to get it done. Uh, I didn't think he had enough to get it done here last year. I don't think he has enough to get it done in Carolina. And if it's Bryce Young, I feel comfortable with that too because as good as Bryce Young is, and I think Bryce Young will be, he will not be ready to compete at an NFL level in week two. And if you put him in there uh, right out of the cannon, he's going to struggle. And I I mean, it will be good struggles, right? Like he will improve, but he's going to struggle if you try to go to him right out of the gate. So I have the Saints winning that game 24 to 12, starting 2 and 0. And there's the theme Saints at Packers. Again, another quarterback who I just don't have any idea how to project in Jordan Love. Is he going to show up kind of like Aaron Rodgers, where he had a couple years to learn and then he hit the ground running? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think the Packers moved on from Aaron Rodgers because they thought, oh, Jordan Love is clearly the guy. Otherwise, they would have done that last year. They brought Aaron Rodgers back on a massive contract. It doesn't scream, oh, we're comfortable. We're ready for you to go to Jordan Love. So week three, you know, maybe week 10, week 12, I would feel differently about this. Maybe if it was cold, I would feel differently about this. But I kind of see the Saints just feasting on two young quarterbacks here or feasting on a veteran quarterback named Andy Dalton and a Jordan Love in this matchup. I just don't, I I just have a difficult time seeing the defense get flummoxed by Jordan Love at this point in his career. But we will find out. And so I have them starting 3-0. And if you're wondering how long it has been since the Saints started 3-0, 2013. Think about that. Think about how good this team has been. They had Drew Brees over a majority of that time. They haven't started 3-0 in a decade a decade. And I do think that it's going to change this year because of the way the schedule sets up. And I do think they have, they have gotten the advantage of that. And you look at week four, if the saints can't sweep the bucks this year, you're in trouble, right? Whether it's Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, this team is not built to win right now. They're built to win next year when they get Caleb Williams. Right. And so I don't have any concern about this game either. And it's weird because I went into this being like, I don't feel that optimistic. They, Vegas gave them a 9.5 over under on the win total. Mm, it's close, but I still have them starting 4-0 in it. And it's because I just don't see the competition being there on the opponent side, right? I have them going winning against the Bucks 28-3. It's just kind of a holding opponents to three points in Florida is kind of their favorite tradition of late and I think they're going to do it again and I, I just don't think the Bucks are going to win many games and this isn't one of them so you start 4-0 I like it I like it week five this is where I think the Saints stumble a bit they're going to go on the road they're going to face the Patriots a team that is going to try to run the ball down their throat it's going to really give you a stiff test of just like the Titans in week one how well is your rebuilt defensive line going to hold up not only in difficult matchups, but over the course of the season. We are a month in now. You've had chances to make adjustments. Ideally, I think you're going to work Brian Brzee into the fold a little slowly. 
I think you're going to start with Nathan Shepard and Colin Saunders getting the bulk of the action and Brzee getting rotational work. And by week five, I'd like to see him getting a little more three down work. The other question to me is, how does Peyton Turner hold up? I think his run support play, his run defense has been the weakest part of his game. And this is going to be the game that they just run at him just relentlessly and see, okay, can you do it? Um, and I think I think they get taken for a ride a bit here. I, I have them losing 31 to 24 first loss of the season in week five. But you still feel good about that. Week six, Saints at Texans. I don't know what to think about the Texans. I'm kind of still in that mold of they're not ready to win and they've been bad for so long. You're going on the road. I like CJ Stroud. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't know if he has it right now, but I think this is going to be a game where you see the vision for CJ and the Texans and they might be one year away, but you can see it kind of building kind of like the Panthers, right? Like I think you're going to catch the Panthers this season, but you're going to walk away from that being like that team's going to be dominating the NFC South in two years when Bryce Young is ready to go. And some of these young players have developed just not this year. And I think that's true for the Texans as well, but I have the saints winning this game, 28, 24 starting five and one. Now, Week seven, and the way we talk about the Texans is the way I would have talked about the Jaguars last year, the year before that, where you have Trevor Lawrence and you feel comfortable about what he can do, but they weren't ready to win yet. I think this is the year the Jaguars, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They sneaked in the back door. I think this is the year that they win double-digit games and really kind of put their stamp on the AFC South. It's a short week for the Saints. I've always felt like the veteran teams are going to struggle a little bit more on the short weeks because older guys need longer to recover, right? Like it's not that complicated. (laughs) The younger teams in the NFL will have an easier time bouncing back four days after playing a tough game. And I think the Jaguars definitely qualify as a younger team in this matchup. I think Trevor Lawrence is really coming into his own. And I think the Saints struggle on offense in this game. I have the Jaguars winning at 17-14. Saints drop to 5-2. and two. Still feel good about it, right? Moving on, week eight, Saints at Colts. Actually, hold on. <laughs> I meant to go to break after week six. So let's go to break now. After week seven, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about weeks eight through 12, and then we're going to close out the rest of the season and gonna give my final thoughts uh this is inside black and gold thanks for everyone who's checking it out leave a comment leave a question and we'll get to it in the back half as always hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts hit me up on twitter at jeff underscore nowak let me know what you think let me know if you want to see anything on these episodes that we might not be doing i always appreciate commentary suggestions all of that so we'll be right back keep it locked on inside black and gold okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And 
And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. We're going through the Saints 2023 schedule. I'm Jeff Nowak. Make sure to hit the subscribe button, leave a rating, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't subscribed to this channel yet, do that. WWL Sports. Follow us on Twitter at WWLAMFM. You can check out Sports Talk 4 to 8 p.m. every day on WWLAM 870FM 105.3 and the Odyssey app. We're going to go back. We're going to get through the Saints schedule we're starting here in the second segment on week eight. The Saints have started five and two. They are going on the road to face the Colts. As you've seen, as you've seen thus far, the Saints have faced a lot of young quarterbacks. They don't really, you don't really know what to expect, right? But the Colts are an interesting question. I don't know what to expect out of Shane Steichen. I don't know if they're going to go to Anthony Richardson right off the bat. I don't know if they're going to go with Gardner Minshew. There's a lot of questions to be answered there. They were a bad football team last year. They had one of the worst collapses you've ever seen in NFL history. You know, Matt Ryan led another one. I don't know, but I do think this is a game that the Saints, you know, you've, you've lost two, two out of three games. You're coming back. This is a game you win. I have them winning 24 to 21. If you can bottle up Jonathan Taylor, I think you can beat the Colts, especially even if they have Anthony Richardson in there. Again, you're talking about a guy who I don't know if he's ready to win at the NFL level yet, even if you think he's going to be a star down the road. Look at the quarterbacks that come in as rookies and are successful. They are very few and far between. And they are almost never a guy who is at the de- developmental stage of an Anthony Richardson, right? Like an Andrew Luck came in and dominated right away. A Robert Griffin III came in and dom- dominated right away. I don't see that happening for the Colts here. And so I have the Saints going to 6-2. and two, And if you're thinking, wow, this is kind of ridiculous that they're at 6-2, and two, I agree with you. I didn't expect to have them at 6-2 and two, eight games into the season. It's just how it's lined up. There's a lot of wins on this schedule and there are no schedule losses, at least other than the Thursday night games, of which you have two. You don't have any Sunday night games, but you have one Monday night game. All right, going forward, week nine, Bears coming to visit the Saints. And I think this is an example of, man, the Superdome advantage the Saints enjoyed for so many years just doesn't feel the same. It didn't feel the same last year. It didn't feel the same the year before that. And I think the Bears are going to come in and beat the Saints in a game the Saints should win. For a few reasons. I have the score 24 to 21 on the Bears side. And it's going to be because, like, you look at Anthony Richardson right now and you're saying, okay, well, how can he develop into a quarterback that's going to beat the Saints? It's going to do things that they can't stop. And it's going to be because he turns into Justin Fields two years from now. Because I think if the Saints had faced Justin Fields last year, even, they would have had a much better shot. I think he's getting better. He's getting better. And he is now the quarterback that the Saints can't stop. He is now like like the Lamar Jackson mold of they're just going to be chasing him around all day. He's going to be running them ragged, and it's going to look ugly. The wild card for the Saints this year is going to be can the Derek Carr offense possess the ball the way that the Saints haven't been able to do in the past few seasons. And, and I think if you can do that, it makes your job on defense a lot easier. But I think in this game, the Bears are going to dominate time of possession. Justin Fields is going to be running you ragged. You're still not athletic enough on the defensive line to chase guys around the way you need to. And I think the Bears take this game. Saints fall to 6-3. and Moving on to Week 10. This is another one that's a toss-up for me. If this was at the Superdome, I would feel differently about it. Going up to Minnesota, that is a tough trip. 
you know, it's it's a tough place to play. The crowd's going to be hot. There's a lot of juice in this rivalry for teams that don't play each other that often. Obviously, you played in London last year. The Vikings got the better of that. I think this is going to be high scoring one way or the other. And the question is going to be, can Marshawn lock up Justin Jefferson, right? Can the Saints cover Jordan Addison? Can the Saints contain Dalvin Cook? And the answer last year, at least on the Justin Jefferson end of it, was no. He torched Marshawn Lattimore in in ways that you don't see very often. And it makes you wonder, okay, is this a matchup that just he does not fare well in? And I think it might be. I think Marshawn Lattimore, when he's able to lock guys down, often it is the bigger body X receivers, the Mike Evanses, right? The DK Metcalfs, guys who you can be physical with and aren't just going to try to try to finesse you open. And that's what Je- Justin Jefferson does. He can be physical, but he's just a route-running machine. And I think last year it got the better of Marshawn. If he, if he can learn from that and, and lock him down this year, then I feel completely differently about this game. But until I see it, I'm not going to just assume it's going to happen. So I have the Vikings taking this game 30-24. to 24, And this is where the schedule is starting to turn on you. You dropped a six and four. You go to the bye on a two-game losing streak. And it doesn't get better because you come out of it and you face the Falcons, a team that I don't think is going to win a ton of games this year, but a team that I think is going to get up for the Saints. I don't know how they're going to defend B. John Robinson. I don't know how much the Falcons are going to incorporate B. John Robinson as a rookie if he's going to be the workhorse, if he's going to work into a rotation with Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. I don't know, but I do know that this is going to be a game that the Falcons go all out in. Grady Jarrett has been eating Cesar Ruiz's lunch for a couple years now. If the Saints are dealing with injuries and they don't get up for this game the way they should, I think the Falcons steal this game. Emphasis on steal. But it's also the Saints' third loss in a row, and it drops them to 6-5. and five. So after a really, really good, compelling start to this season, you have fallen off a cliff. How do you get back? How do you get back? And that's where we're going to go to a break, and we're going to come back for the final six weeks of the season. Sitting at 6-5, and five, who knows who you're going to face on the Falcons, if it's going to be Taylor Heineke, if it's going to be Desmond Ritter. Either way, this is the point in the season where you either put up or shut up, because if this season goes downhill the way it could from six and five, you got a lot of difficult questions to answer. But we're going to come back. We're going to see how the rest of it goes. I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold. Stick around. And we're back on Inside Black and gold. I am Jeff Nowak. We are going through the Saints 2023 schedule game by game. I went through, I made predictions for every game. I'm sure they're going to be wrong. It started out so well. Six and two. You're feeling great. In a week NFC South, man, that, that feels like a dominating start. Three game losing streak. Get back to six and five. And that's where you get it. You've had your bye at week 11. And now suddenly, you're facing the Lions. You're hosting the Lions. Dan Campbell and his kneecap-biting little kittens are coming into town. And this is a game you got to win. you got to find a way to win. And, you know, who's the X factor in this game? Hopefully Alvin's there. 
right? But I think one of the differences in this game is going to be Jamal Williams. It's going to be the energy he brings. It's kind of like, you know, the, the Saints beat the Eagles last year in Philadelphia. And even without Jalen Hurts, I think if C.J. Gardner-Johnson is on the field for that game, it goes differently. Your emotional leaders kind of lift you during those moments. And I think that's what's going to happen for this game. Jamal's going to not allow anyone to come out flat for this game. And I think he's going to dominate. And it's going to be interesting. Amon Ross St. Brown is incredible. I've loved him ever since he was at USC. I wanted the Saints to draft him. They didn't. He's starring for the Lions. Jameer Gibbs, you know, they reached for him hard in this draft at number 12. But if he is what they hope he is, then it was a good pick. And so this is a this is a team that, you know, they finished nine and eight last year. They're gonna try to take that next step, but they still have Jared Goff as their quarterback. And I think the Saints, the Saints know how to handle Jared Goff. I think they win this game. I think they find a way. Saints 30, Lions 27. The offense kind of wakes up at the right time that I still think the Lions defense is the weak point and you exploit that. Saints get off to Schneid, climb to seven and five, and you feel a whole lot better going into your last five games. Week 14, Panthers at Saints. My guess here is you faced Andy Dalton in week two because I think the the Panthers understand where they are as an organization and know that this is not the year you have to make the playoffs at the expense of your young quarterback's confidence, even if he was picked number one overall. Could be wrong, but you brought in Andy Dalton for a reason. I think it's to start the first few games of the season, see how things go. And, and go from there. Week 14, I would be stunned if Bryce Young is not the quarterback. I kind of look at it like when the Giants brought in Eli Manning, Kurt Warner was that guy, right? Kurt Warner was the, the sacrificial lamb for, I want to say, the first seven games. And then you went to Eli. I don't know if he, I think it was the number one overall pick and he got traded from the Chargers to the Giants. It was weird. The Chargers ended up with Phillip Rivers. But when even when Eli got in there, they were not ready to win. They were bad. You could see the young quarterback getting better. They were not winning games. And I think that's what you get here. Similar to the Texans, where you can see the vision. Similar to the Jaguars last year, where you can see the vision. It's just going to take some time. You're building. And I think, I keep saying, the Saints caught teams at the right time this year. And I think that's what this is. Saints are going to win this game. I have them 21-18. Climb to 8-5. and five. After dropping to six and five, you win two games. You feel really good about your playoff positioning after week 14 based on where everyone else is in the division. Uh, this this two-win two stretch here is massive. This, this stretch of the season is going to be massive for the Saints in terms of how they navigate it. All right, going on to week 15, and you have the Giants team that inexplicably the Saints could not handle in the 2021 season. I think it's going to happen again. I do, and I think... This is going to be one of those emotional letdown games. It's another instance of a quarterback that just does things that the Saints don't handle particularly well. Saquon Barkley is going to keep doing Saquon Barkley things. The Giants have beefed up their offensive line. You know, they spent top five picks on their right and left tackle. Uh, they, they brought in a center in the third round this year. As long as they're healthy, the Saints are going to have a hard time getting pressure and they're going to have a hard time containing Daniel Jones. It's a tough matchup for them. Like, I think people look at the Giants like, oh, okay, the Giants. They're a team that plays in the NFC East, right? They're probably the third best team in the NFC East. But when you play in a division that loaded, you get out of your division and you're like, man, what a relief to not have to play the Cowboys or the Eagles, right? And I think that helps you in this case, whereas the Saints... 
You know, you spend your entire season facing the Bucks and the Panthers and the Falcons, not exactly the top end competition. And then you get into these, these non-divisional games. And I think you can get caught off guard. And I think that's, what's going to happen. You have the giants winning 28 to 17 and the saints falling to eight and six week 16, another short week. And we talk about it again, like, it's tough for a veteran team, especially this late in the season, to have to play on a short week after a really difficult game against the Giants. You have to travel out west. I don't know where the Rams are going to be at this point in the season. I don't know if they're going to hold up. They're very thin. Wait, they're thin in ways that you will only be after you go all in to win a Super Bowl. And that's what happened last year. Matt Stafford got hurt and they fell off a cliff. I don't know how much Matt Stafford has left in the tank. But I do think that this is a game that will be very difficult for the Saints to win. I think this is, we talked about a schedule loss before. I think this is probably a schedule loss. A short week, you have to go out west. That's tough. Especially if you already feel like you have the division locked up. Which you may, you may not. I don't know. It depends on what the Panthers do, in my opinion. And maybe the Falcons. I think at 8-7, and seven, which is what you're going to be after the Rams win 28-14, to 14, you're still feeling pretty good because your final two weeks, right? And I think... Week 17 is a gift from the schedule makers. Previously, when Tom Brady was in town, this would have been a brutal way to finish your season. Two divisional games, one against Tom Brady, a team that you would expect to be competing for the division. In this case, you are facing an openly tanking team from the beginning. Like They have been openly tanking since prior to the draft when they passed on Will Levis despite not having a quarterback. And now you're in week 17 where they have no interest in winning football games, right? So if you go in there with a pulse, you should win. And I think that's what happens for the Saints here. 28 to 12, I have them beating the Bucs. That's just a schedule win, right? This is what you want. And at 9-7, and seven, I think you are safe in the playoffs in the NFC South, regardless of what happens in Week 18. I think you have clinched at this point because you have clinched a winning record. And this is where you have that question, right? This is why I would never bet the over-under on the Saints this year because you're right there at nine wins. And I think this is a clean nine wins. But what happens in week 18? What if you're clinched and, and you just rest your starters and the Falcons go and win a game, right? What if you're not clinched and the Falcons are basically tanking the way you kind of expect them to be. And you go in there and you just destroy them. And that's kind of where I'm at here. I think you will be playing for seeding. I think you want to get to double digit wins. And that's what motivates you in this week 18 matchup. Saints win 35 to seven because they're printing through the line and the Falcons are not. And it gets you to 10 wins. And I wasn't sure where I was going to land coming into this projection in terms of the 9.5 number. I think 10 and 7 is very much attainable. And if you take care of business in a few more of these games, I could see you getting to 11, 12 wins. Anything short of nine wins against this schedule is a major disappointment. Not only because you would have missed, you probably would miss the playoffs for a third straight season, but because like it doesn't get easier than this. It only gets more difficult. Cam Jordan only gets a year older. Mario Davis only gets a year older. Bryce Young is going to come into his own, right? The Bucs are going to finally get a quarterback. The Panth- the Falcons, maybe they find a quarterback. I don't know. Either way, this is the season you have to take advantage of it. And that's why, you know, people have been critical of the Saints not kind of tearing it down and rebuilding. 
And this year would never have been the year you did that. This is the year where you go for it in the NFC South because it's right there for the taking. And so 10 wins, I think, is fair. Is it optimistic? Maybe. But only if you don't believe that they can go on the road for four of the first six games and get a few wins. Right? And I think they can based on who they're playing. But all right, that was the long forum breakdown. If you want to read more of what I wrote here, you can go check it out at WWL.com. But yeah, I think, you know, if you're a Saints fan and you're looking at this trying to think, did we win the schedule release? I think you did. I think this is about as good as you could have hoped for. I would have liked to not see a Thursday, a second Thursday game, because I think that is a disadvantage. But you did avoid an international game and you're going to have to live with it. A Thursday trip out west is about as uncomfortable as you can get late in the season, but hey, you know, you'll you'll live with it. Here's Ramiro Hernandez. He says yes, he disagrees with the Rams winning. I mean, I do too, to an extent. Like I I just think that that's a very difficult situation for a team to be in that late in the season. Where where the Rams are concerned, it's probably more in the sense of what are you playing for that late in the season? Are you still in contention? Because if you're not, that could change things. But it's too early in the year for a team to have gone completely in the tank. And I just think that's going to be a tough matchup for the Saints, right? Like, you have to be realistic. And and that's one of those games, right? Like, if you think the Saints can maybe get to 11 wins, 12 wins, maybe that is the game that I have incorrect here. Um, but either way, like, I think you can bake in a schedule loss or two and still be comfortable. And that's kind of where I am. Jerry forever optimistic as the Saints going 13 and 4. I I can't I can I I can't I can't go that far. Um it would be great. I would love to see the Saints go 13 and 4. This is going to be the first season that I'm on the sideline as the sideline reporter for WWL and I would love nothing more than to get to cover a 13 and 4 season. It's going to be tough, right? Like I'm trying to keep this trying to keep this keep this um on the reasonable side of the equation, but no, I mean, if Derek Carr comes in and picks up the offense and does everything you hope for Derek Carr, if the, you know, and, and more, more importantly, if you can stay healthy at key positions, right? Like if you can keep Michael Thomas on the field, fantastic. And I think that makes things a lot easier for you, right? If Jawan Johnson has a, has a season where you are healthy throughout, if Kendra Miller and Jamal Williams can stay healthy and not have to have you scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to fight a running back, when Alvin Kamara is inevitably suspended, then I think you have a much better chance of getting to 11, 12 wins. 13 is tough. 13, you know, but I don't see this team contending for the top seed in the conference, and that's what you would be doing with 13 wins. Um, but I, I, I love optimism, so here you go. Marvelous points out the Saints are 1-2 and two versus Jared Goff. I point out that, sure, but we all know uh, what happened in one of those games, and if not for that then the Saints would be 2-1 and one against Jared Goff. And so that, that kind of changes things. I do remember that game. The, the Superdome was so loud that, the, that Jared Goff had to put tape over his ear holes. I also just, I do not think that Jared Goff is a good enough quarterback to beat good defenses consistently. You know how the Patriots beat him in the Super Bowl? by showing a defense and then after with 15 seconds left in the playcock changing that defense because they came became aware of the fact that Sean McVay was calling the plays into his headset and he was running them like there was no adjustments being made 
and Sean McVay is an offensive wizard, but the 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 communicator turns off with 15 seconds to go on the play clock, and and Jared couldn't handle it in the Super Bowl. And like I think Jared's fine. He does not scare me as a quarterback. Demetrius James, he needs to help. It needs to be helped to jet Justin Jefferson's side or let a Alante roam with him. Yeah, I mean I think. The Saints kind of live and die with Marshawn's ability to lock up the the top receiver of the other team. And so often that is not an issue. A majority of the time, a vast majority of the time, it's not even a question. Justin Jefferson is is unique in that I don't know if you can be as physical with him as you as you'd like to be with some of these top receivers and I think that that kind of clean breakaway he gets in that matchup, this doesn't suit Marshawn's Marshawn's game. I could be wrong. Maybe that was a one-off, right? They were in London. Maybe he was jet-lagged. Maybe he just didn't have the week he was hoping for. We're going to find out. Maybe with more tape, maybe maybe there's there's a different result there. I don't think you're going to see Alante get, get put on Justin Jefferson. That is not the way the Saints are going to operate in terms of Marshawn's still that guy. He is still that dude. And it's going to be on him to, to get up for that matchup. Yeah, sure, you, maybe you roll some help over the top, but you're not going to take Marshawn and throw him on Jordan Addison. You're just not going to do it. Charles Como Jr. says, just stay healthy, Saints. And yeah, this is what you got to do. It's, it's one of those things where we can do all these predictions we want. If the quarterback gets hurt, everything changes, right? Like if the running backs get hurt, everything changes. If the wide receivers get hurt, everything changes. If both your tackles go down, everything changes. Hopefully they they, they got the bad juju out of their way. Mr. Shocks is a good bit of road games early. Yeah, the, the one thing I'll say about that, and, and people are going to make a big deal about it. I, first off, I would rather have a long stretch of road games early in the season. I think the grind of the NFL makes road games later in the season a little bit more difficult. And also... The Saints have been good on the road, right? It's been the home games that they've had a hard time in. They've actually been better on the road than they've been at home, and it's infuriating when you're paying money to go see a home game, but it is a little confidence-inspiring when you do say, okay, can they go on the road and win a game? Because they obviously can. D. Granger says, we can't look at the schedule and just say we're better than this team or that team, but I do think we're talented and should make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, that's all you can do at this point is say, okay, who's the better team? How do we think this game's going to go? Uh, there's a lot of variables we can't plan for. But, yeah, I mean, this is a this team it would be a huge disappointment if they missed the playoffs. And that's why, you know, when you look at kind of the Dennis Allen era as the head coach, I don't know if it can survive missing the playoffs in a season where it is set up for you to win. Like, last year you could at least – say, well, you know what, Tom Brady is Tom Brady and he did Tom Brady things and while it sucked that we didn't get in there, you can at least be like, who else does that? Like, who else makes that comeback the way he did and really just tears your heart out the way he did and you can move on from it because it was him. If, if it was Baker Mayfield, <laughs> the way it was for the Rams last year, I can't remember who they beat. The Raiders. It was the Raiders. <laughs> uh, that's different, right? If you can't, if you can't get it done this year, you're 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 looking. It's just bleak, right? It's just bleak because it doesn't get easier than this. And uh, I've already said this once, but I just don't know how you could survive it. All right, that's the schedule release in a nutshell. Again, you are starting against the Titans. You have four of your first six games on the road. 
You have road games then against the Colts, the Vikings, the Falcons, and then week 16 and 17 at the Rams, at the Bucks. You have home games, obviously week one against the Titans, then the Bucks in week four, Jaguars in week seven, Bears in week nine, ele- week 11 by Lions in week 13, Panthers in week 14, Giants in week 15, and then you close out at home against the Falcons. Simple enough. Let's do it. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm going to wrap it up right there. We're going to have rookie minicamp on Saturday. Well, I take that back. Rookie minicamp is going on today through Saturday. We're going to have availability on Saturday. So I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to talk to some of these rookie players. Going to be very interesting to kind of catch up with the Brian Brzees of the world. It's going to be interesting, too, to see if the Saints have any of their rookies sign their contracts because as of right now, I haven't seen any of that reported. They're still listed as unsigned. Maybe rookie minicamp is when you get some of those contracts signed, um, but we'll find out. Either way, it's going to be very interesting. I'll try to get a good amount of video. I'll post that on the YouTube page. It was very popular last year, so I'll do that again. And if anyone wants to hear from anyone in particular, hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Nowak. Let me know, and I'll do my best to, to get a hold of them. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to this season. I'm very excited about it. I just I just want to watch good football from the Saints, and I just feel like we haven't uh, in quite a while, but I think it's going to change this year. But all right. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thanks, y'all, for watching, leaving questions, leaving comments. The Saints 2023 schedule is here, and it looks soft. All right, y'all. Peace.